0: Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. I made mention of the use of indicators in last week's episode, and I realized then that more discussion could and should be made on this subject. The truth is that there are very few quote, disasters, end quote, that you have experienced with your business that were not marked long before they occurred by specific indicators. Have you ever lost a girlfriend? Ever lost a boyfriend? Can you look me in the eye and tell me there was absolutely no indicators that trouble was brewing sometime before it happened? Of course, we love to stand open-mouthed, gaping at such circumstances in our lives, don't we? Love to dramatize the whole situation. It came out of nowhere, out of the blue. Sure, sure, of course it did. No, it didn't, come on. But on the other hand, it is kind of fun to make the whole thing out to be an act out of Shakespeare or something, but we can play the game that way and have a life full of drama, or we can pay attention to indicators. Things that indicate or show us that things are about to go very bad or just as much that things are about to go very well. If we can read indicators, we can read the future. How valuable is that? Didn't you always want to be able to predict the future? Well, now you can. You have to learn about and just as importantly, be willing to confront indicators. Remember, confront precedes awareness. We covered this in a long ago episode of Business Wise. I can't really remember which one now, but I think it was episode 12 of volume one. The title was Complexity and Confronting, all the way back March of 2020. I might just reissue it as a bonus episode this week because it's a very, very important episode. If you haven't listened to it recently, you definitely should. But Mr. Hubbard defines confront thoroughly in an article. It's dated 4 January 1973. The title appropriately is Confront. And he starts the article this way. He says, uh, there are several choices in English on the meaning of, quote, confront, end quote. These include the right one. To face without flinching or avoiding. An example in a sentence. The test of a free society is its capacity to confront, rather than evade, the vital questions of choice. There is another meaning, these are still Mr. Hubbard's words, there is another meaning to stand facing or opposing, especially in challenge, defiance, or accusation. He goes on to say, English is a pretty limited language in many ways. I imagine the thought of facing something, which is what the word came from and originally meant way back, bronze word "frons" being face. So I'll repeat that. He says, I imagine the thought of facing something, which is what the word came from and originally meant way back, Franz being face, was so horrifying to the types who write dictionaries, they knew it would be bad. In essence, it is an action of being able to face. If one cannot, if he avoids, then he is not aware. So here you see the connection, as Mr. Hubbard has pointed out, that you are only aware of those things which you are willing to confront. A lack of an ability to face up to things, to confront things, you're going to miss the indicators. You're not going to notice that your children or one of your children perhaps is morose, not happy, not willing to be in communication much, or maybe they seem all bubbly at home, but There are little indicators, you know, things lying around, things that show maybe uh, that they're not always on schedule, that you don't always know where they are. Just indicators, indicators. And then disaster falls and we kind of go, gosh, how did I miss those signs, those indicators? Why? Well, I'll tell you one reason why. Not willing to confront. Not willing to be aware. Like, I'm just happy not confronting I'm just going to stay unaware. In fact, this alcohol I'm drinking helps me to stay unaware. In fact, these drugs that I'm smoking help me to stay unaware. This is the direction, unfortunately, many are encouraged to go into, and to reduce awareness, to reduce confront, and so we end up with a very docile uh, society, able to be manipulated. Isn't that so? And then you've got those who are willing to confront, and of course they get all kinds of tomatoes thrown at them and stuff like that. But, you know, they're targets for things. But really, the happiness starts with the confront and the awareness, the alertness to what's going on and being willing to deal with it. This magical word confront. Mr. driver goes on to say this. Awareness is the ability to perceive the existence of. In the dictionary, it also fails to confront that and says, awareness, the quality or state of being aware. And aware means marked by realization perception or knowledge these chaps couldn't confront and so conceived awareness to be figure figure like you know it gets very complex which is by the way an indication of a lack of confront and that was covered in the earlier episode that i referenced so he says um we are moving out of the range of language when we want to say he could stand up to things and wasn't always shrinking back into himself and avoiding so he could be fully conscious of the real universe and others around him. And that's what confront means. If one can confront, he can be aware. If he is aware, he can perceive and act. If he can't confront, he will not be aware of things and will be withdrawn and not perceiving. Thus, he is unaware of things around him. That's the tech of it, L. Ron Hubbard. Tech is short for technology. He's giving you know-how that can be applied. That's the definition of technology, isn't it? Applied knowledge. He says that's the tech of it. So the ability to use indicators, if you, let's put it to you this way. If you can't confront and be aware of indicators, you're going to be continually caught off guard. You're going to be surprised by the things going on in your business. You're going to be surprised about the things going on in your family life. You're going to be surprised by things that are going on with your body. How many people do you know that are not willing to confront themselves and their own issues and therefore stay unaware, and then suddenly, oh, my gosh, I've got this terminal illness or I've got this, you know, I've got to now uh, confine myself to, you know, certain uh, levels of activity because, you know, I was not aware of what was going on with me. Well... It starts with an unwillingness to confront what is going on with you. And the ability to confront that raises one's awareness then. And of course, with that perception, one is able to act. One is able to do something about it. You won't be able to deal with it if you're not aware of it. You won't be able to be aware of it if you're not willing to confront it. Also, by the way, it goes for what's going on with mankind right now and what's going on with our society right now. That's not good but too few people are willing to confront it. And so, therefore, they're not really aware of it. They might be a little bit aware of it. You know, well, yeah, they'll talk about it at a dinner party or they'll matter to their friends about it. And, you know, it's all this and it's all that. But what are you seeing in the way of their ability to act and do something about it? See, there's a missing point there. There are indicators going on in society right now. And are we truly aware of them? Are we really confronting them? That is the million-dollar question, because if the actions are not taking place, then one could hardly say that one is truly aware. Wouldn't that be so? Anyway, I got on my soapbox again. But here we are. This is an article of 16 May, 1965, written by Mr. Hubbard. It's called Indicators of Orgs. Uh, Org is short for organizations. This is a reference on Indicators of Orgs. Let's first look at, before we start on the article, Let's look at some definitions. So indicator, according to Mr. Oxford, is, quote, a thing, especially a trend or fact that indicates the state or level of something. And he gives an example, car ownership is frequently used as an indicator of affluence. So a guy's got a nice car, that's an indicator that he's probably loaded, right? And that comes from the word indicate, which means point out, show. An example they use here is dotted lines indicate the text's margins. Okay, so it points out something, it indicates something, and that is from early 17th century, from Latin, indicat, pointed out, from the verb indicare, from in, towards, and dicare make known. So, you are moving it in the direction of making it known, it's towards making known, it's an indicator. We don't know it all yet, but we have an indicator that's pointing out something here. Now, Mr. Hubbard has a definition, which is, listen to this, pretty good, He says, quote, a visible manifestation, which tells one a situation analysis should be done. Situation analysis is basically a breakdown of a situation, right? So he says, a visible manifestation, which tells one a situation analysis should be done. An indicator is a little flag sticking out that shows there is a possible situation underneath that needs attention. Some indicators about orgs or its sections would be, Dirty, that's an indicator. Place is dirty, that's an indicator. Something's wrong. Or not responding. Hey, we're not getting answers from this department. Must be something going on there. It's an indicator. Or going insolvent. Hey, suddenly we're insolvent. That's an indicator. Or complaint letters. Oh, we're getting all these complaints. That's an indicator. Confront it. Or any non-optimum datum that departs from the ideal. So if you have a clear idea of what your ideal would be, for your organization, for your family, for yourself. Those little things that indicate that are the departure from that, they are indicators and they lead to something if you investigate, okay? And he goes on to say something that signals an approaching change rather than finding the changes already present and confirmed. Do you really want to know about everything after it's happened? Wouldn't you rather confront and be aware of the indicators before these things happen and the changes occur. Okay. So with all this under our belt, we're going to tackle at least uh, the first half of this very important article from Mr. Hubbard indicators of orgs. Now look, he's not going to go into all the indicators in this article, but he's going to cover a couple of very important ones. And he's going to give you uh, some tips about them that you really should be paying attention to. So he says, just as people have indicators, so do organizations. There's a probable long list of good indicators. There's a probable long list of bad indicators. The first indicators, then he goes into the examples. He says the first indicators, good or bad, are statistics. So this is, you know, I have members tell me now and again, you know, I do keep stats, you know, and they generally keep one or two. That's fine. But in order to really be able to gauge what's happening and to predict what's happening, you probably need more than one or two statistics you probably need it, you know, I don't know. It depends on the size of your organization. But minimally, I would say seven to 10 statistics because without those, you won't have those indicators. Now, why do people not graph their graphs? I'll tell you something very interesting. I will often walk into a member's office and I'll see a statistic graph on the wall and, you know, say the member is telling me that they're having a bit of trouble. I look at the statistic and it actually looks great. I said, these statistics don't look bad. Then I look at them more closely and notice they haven't been kept up to date. The last statistic put on that graph was like three months before. Okay, so what happened there? Well, the stats started going down. We didn't really like being aware of that. We didn't really couldn't confront that. So, you know, we stopped keeping our graphs. All right, there you go. You see there you see this direct correlation between confront awareness and indicators, right? They don't even keep the the number one indicator, which would be statistics. You know, how are you going to predict the future if you can't look at the statistics of what went on in the past? On all of them you know, maybe 10, maybe I keep 60 statistics. I know that sounds insane, but I keep 60 statistics for my membership association. And it doesn't take us more than about an hour to get them all, uh, you know, of course they're, you know, computerized. So we have them all graphed and ready to go within probably about a half an hour after we end our week, maybe an hour at most, if we drag our feet a bit. So once you get the hang of it, it's not a big deal. You don't have to keep 60 statistics. I'm not telling you 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 do, you might but you don't necessarily, but certainly most of my members don't keep enough. And so they're not on top of their indicators, right? Because that's your number one indicator. First indicators, as he says, the first indicators, good or bad, are statistics. When these are rising, the rise is a good indicator. When these are falling, the fall is a bad indicator. So there's your number one indicator, statistics, all right? Then he gives you the next one. He says the second of these indicators, good or bad, is technical gains. Okay, what does that mean to you? Technical gains. It means that the technology that you're using in your organization is in use. It's being used correctly. If you have a, you know, a cabinet making organization or company, the cabinets are being made according to the technology that you have validated as the correct know-how to assemble and build the bookcases and cabinets and tables and so forth that you want to produce out of your shop, that you are promoting out of your shop. That technology needs to be known. It needs to be duplicated. It needs to be applied with precision. And when it's not, that's a bad indicator. If you start looking at some of the uh, cabinets that are coming out of the shop and you notice that the finish isn't done the way that you expected it to be done, the way that you have directed for the finishes to be put on, if the joinery is not with the precision and the cuts are not made with the precision that you are expecting, uh, that you are demanding in the technology, the standard technology that you are using or you have decided to use in your shop, then you know technology is slipping out. And you know right there, that's an indicator that there's something wrong. You better start digging in on that because that's an important one. So your statistics are very, very key and technology. These are the two probably senior most indicators that you want to be on the alert for to make sure that your organization is not headed for a dive. When the technology is in, customers are happy. People are raving about their results. When it is out, they're complaining. That is a a quote from Mr. Hubbard. This is a bad indicator, (laughs) right? Okay. So you want to always be on the alert for indicators in the area of technology. Now, look, at this is what he says here. Now, i work this into the title of this week's podcast because this is very important. How does ethics fit into all this? So let's define ethics. So ethics has got several meanings, but the first one you should probably be familiar with as much as anything else. Mr. Hubbard says in an article from uh, August of 1950, actually, he says, ethics has to do with a code of agreement amongst people that they will conduct themselves in a fashion which will obtain to the optimum solution of their problems. So look, you say ethics is in in your organization when everyone's sort of pulling in the same way and they're all working pretty hard to make sure that the standards of uh, the technology and use in the organization are kept, that the statistics are going up, that the place is kept clean, that people are industrious and so on. They show up on time. These are kind of like ethics. This means that the ethics of the organization is good, but ethics can also mean That section of the organization that is responsible for the ethic level of that organization, you could call that the ethics department or the ethics section, right? And its application of of, uh, technology, okay, because it has its own technology, the application of an ethics technology to raise the ethics level of a group, that would be ethics. So listen to what he says here. He says, ethics only exists to hold the fort long enough and settle things down enough to get technology in. Isn't that interesting? Uh, We can use the analogy of a barbershop, you know, look, you have certain technology on cutting hair and you have certain standards, it's your barbershop or it's your hairstylist, you know, and you're expecting guys to study and work hard at it and you come in and everybody's, uh, you know, you do one of those uh, surprise inspections in the back or whatever, and everybody's goofing off and nobody's studying. Well, you're not going to get technology in that way, bro. you got to start putting in ethics so people smarten up and tighten up. And they decide, look, we better learn this stuff. And, you know, the boss is serious about getting technology in. Like he has certain standards in this business for cabinet making, for cutting hair, for uh, landscaping, for treatment, uh, for certain protocols, for certain health situations. And say the owner is a doctor or a healer. There is always this standard of technology, or there should be within the organization. If that is not going in, if that's not being maintained, and if statistics are routinely going down, well, you know something there. You know that ethics is out, and you need to apply ethics to get technology in and to get stats starting to come up again. So he says ethics is never carried on for its own sake, it is pushed home only until technology is functioning and then technology resolves matters. We don't hang people because we started to hang them and so must do so. We start to hang people and keep right on tying the noose in a workmanlike fashion, right up to the instant we can get tech in, which of course makes the noose unnecessary. So this is a very important aspect to ethics that you need to understand. You need ethics. Let me tell you something. Ethics takes a bit of confront. I've never seen a strong a person strong on the subject of ethics who had poor confront because they also have poor awareness and they're missing out on the indicators and they will not handle indications or indicators of ethics that are out until it's far too late. So putting in ethics and handling ethics takes a bit of confront to begin with. Okay, but you see the indicators, you start pulling it down. Yes, boss, you know, yeah, I came in drunk or I just been I've been out partying late every night, I'm not getting enough sleep or whatever it is. Why is this person not performing? Why are these statistics down? Why is this technology out? What is up with these indicators? This is what you now must investigate. Use the indicators to predict the future, to look into matters and correct as needed with ethics. Till when? Till it starts to respond and no further than that. Okay, till technology, everybody's shaping up now. The the hair cutting's coming along beautifully. Everyone's learning the ropes of it. Uh, they're keeping the technology and everybody's happy because the boss, man, he jumped on it early and we, we didn't forget that because he came in with hobnail boots and we felt it. You know, I mean, Mr. Hubbard uses very graphic descriptions here of tying nooses and all that kind of jazz. Well, uh, it, depending on the level of ethics that are out, you know, you're in the Wild West and people are like shooting each other in the streets. Yeah, you probably do need a level of ethics where you need to tie a noose and uh, hang somebody up in the gallows for all to see to keep everybody from going, you know, going completely criminal. But, you know, you use what ethics you need to use depending upon the degree of ethics that are out, right? That surely must make sense. So he goes on to say, that's a whole purpose of ethics to get tech in, tech being short for technology, that's a whole purpose of ethics to get tech in, and we use enough to do so to get correct standard tech in and being done. When there are lots of bad indicators about low and falling statistics, goofed products and things coming off the assembly line, say, we get very handy with our investigations and put the place very nearly under martial law. We call this a state of emergency. You could call it a state of emergency. Okay, guys, things are going rough around here. You know, we're not making our numbers. Uh, It's getting more and more difficult to pay people. There's a lot of uh, products coming off the line that don't meet our standards. We're wasting time. We're wasting money. We're declaring a state of emergency. You know, if you want to know more about emergency, I did earlier podcasts on that formula. It's very precise. Uh, you can just put the word emergency in the search bar in Podbean. You'll pull up, I think there's two or three episodes on the emergency formula. There's also many LRH writings on the subject, but anyway, you get the idea. Martial law, state of emergency. He says, once emergency is declared, listen to this carefully, and I don't want you to take it the wrong way. He says, once emergency is declared. You usually have to put a head or two on a pike to convince people that you mean it. So what does he mean by head on a pike? Well, back in the Middle Ages, you know, they'd hang a couple of criminals or behave a couple and put the head on a pike in the square or at the front gates of the city. And people knew, well, you don't mess around in this town. You know, you keep your nose clean. And, uh, you know, he's using very graphic, descriptive kind of. You know, Mr. Hubbard's also a writer, so it's it's a very impinging. But you get the idea. Maybe you need to fire somebody. Maybe you need to demote a couple of people. Maybe you need to send a few people home early. You know, put a head on a pike. People will start to go, "Whoa, he means business." When he says, "We're going to start turning the scene around. We're going to start putting technology in." Well, he means it, doesn't he? I mean, he's not messing around. You don't even have to be loud about it. Just be real about it and be firm about it and You know, make an example of a couple of people, and uh, next thing you know, everybody's behaving themselves better, you know? He says, after that, and this is Mr. Aubrey, he says, after that, necessity level rises and the place straightens up. Ethics, then, is the tool by which you get good indicators in by getting tech in. Ethics is a steamroller which smooths the highway. So, once the road is open, we're quite likely to skip remaining investigation, let it all be. But then he says, but somebody promising to be good is never good enough. We want statistics, better statistics. So, moral of the story, first of all, get your confront up, bring up your awareness, what's going on in your business, or in yourself, or in your family, or in mankind. doesn't have to be uh, just your business, you know, just make a habit of starting to be, of confronting things. It doesn't mean you have to be, as Mr. Herbert went over earlier, antagonistic about it, or confrontational. You're just there facing it, and you see what is. You know, you perceive what is, and then you can handle what is. So that's number one, confront and raise your awareness and be alert for these indicators. The two major ones, down statistics or up statistics in a thriving scene or lack of technology or out technology or of course technology in and everybody happy. And that's another, these are good indicators versus bad. But you start seeing those bad indicators, that's when ethics has to step in. Hey guys, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna cut the mustard around here. We're gonna have to straighten up and uh you can of course give everybody warnings you can use a very light gradient but if it goes on you might have to dismiss somebody and make an example like there's your head on a pike oh he means it He's, you know our job is uh is uh, is at stake here we better get going you know whatever it takes legally of course to uh yeah don't don't pull out a six gun in the middle of the office or something like that we're not in the wild west uh anymore at least uh, not yet Anyway. But yes, do put in ethics and those bad indicators will start to go away. The good indicators will start to flood in and everybody's happy. Believe me, your group is happier in an in ethics taught scene where everybody's productive and there's lots of good indicators and there's lots of money and there's lots of good results. Way, way happier than a group that has been allowed to go out ethics where there is no discipline, where there is no alertness for indicators and people get slacker and produce more and more horrible products and services, people start to quit, people are unhappy, customers are complaining. That's not the scene you want. You want a happy, thriving scene. Confront and be aware of your indicators and handle as appropriate with ethics until the good indicators come in. All right. That's uh, that's all of it in a nutshell. Hope this was helpful and um, a bit of a tricky subject a lot to cover in this one but uh i think you got it so thank you very much for listening if you liked what you learned today give us a, a like leave us a comment write us at info at wise dot us.org and um thank you very much for listening we'll talk again next week